gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, greetings, everyone. This is Dr. Hedberg, and welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about adverse childhood experiences and Hashimoto's disease. Now, if you don't have Hashimoto's disease, this article can still apply to you because it applies to other types of autoimmune diseases, as well as mood disorders like depression and anxiety, if you have chronic inflammation, pain, so many things can tie into these adverse childhood experiences. So I'm going to be uh, digging into some research today specifically for the connection between adverse childhood experiences and autoimmune disease. Uh, But this is going to be, like I said, it's going to apply to, to a lot of people, not just those with with Hashimoto. So I've been studying ACEs. So ACEs, A-C-E, stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. I've been reading about these for years now. I think maybe going back to 2012 or so. And they're also known as early adverse life events in the literature. And it's something that I talk about with every patient. And it's usually a big part of their illness as an adult, and it's, it usually comes as a big surprise to a lot of people. They don't really put the connection together that what happened as a kid can be driving their their illness as an adult, but there are very, very strong connections there. So I just read a book called Childhood Disrupted, How Your Biography Becomes Your Biology and How You Can Heal. And then I've got another book on the shelf uh, that I'm going to be reading called The Body Keeps the Score, and that ties into this as well. So that book, Childhood Disrupted, I highly recommend it. It's by Donna Jackson Nakazawa. Really excellent book, Lying Out the Ace Connection to Adult Illnesses. So the, the first study that I, I discovered. This was a, a very large study, and it looked at cumulative childhood stress and autoimmune diseases in adults. And first, let's lay a little bedrock for what ACEs are. It's basically an experience uh, that exposes individuals under the age of 18 to childhood traumatic stress. So this can be physical emotional or sexual abuse, witnessing domestic violence, growing up with a household substance abuse, uh, mental illness. So if any of your parents were mentally ill, if they were divorced, if they died, and if any of any household members were incarcerated, we'll go through the, the questionnaire. So this particular study, it was 15,357 people through Kaiser Permanente, and uh, there was available follow-up through 2005, 
and it started from 1995 to 1997. Now, a lot of these studies are done on inner city, poor people of color. This particular study was actually mostly white, middle, upper class, college educated San Diegans in California with good jobs and good health care. So this highly educated population was made up of about 40% college grads, uh, 36% had some college, 17% high school graduates. Well, it's only 7% had not completed high school. So these were pretty, you know, well-educated, well-to-do individuals. So their environment was, was good as adults. So what did they study? So they did the, the ACE questionnaire. And so there are eight types of interrelated and co-occurring exposures to childhood adversity. And so the greater number of adverse experiences, the higher the score. So let's go through the ACE study questionnaire. And you can do this uh, with me in your head on on the website, drhedberg.com. I've got the ACE study questionnaire there. So the first question is, um, all of these begin with the question, while you were growing up during your first 18 years of life, So the first question is, did a parent or other adult in the household often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? So that's question number one. So for each yes to the question, give yourself one point. So that's a one for me. Uh, Did a parent or other adult in the household often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you, or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured. So that's two for me. Question three, did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touched their body in a sexual way or try to or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal sex with you? So that's a no for me. Question four, did you often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other or support each other? Uh, So that would be a yes for me. So that's three so far. Uh, Question five, did you often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes and had no one to protect you? or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it. Okay, that would be a no for me. Question six, were your parents ever separated or divorced? Now, I think this question should include, did either of your parents die? And I need to check with the authors on that. My father died when I was 13, so you give yourself a yes if uh, a family member died or there was separation or a divorce. Number seven, was your mother or stepmother often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Or sometimes or often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard, or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife? 
So it'd be no for me. Question eight. Did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or use street drugs? That's a no for me. Number nine. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill? Or did a household member attempt suicide? Okay. It's a no for me. Or I mean a yes for me. Number 10, did a household member go to prison? That's question 10. Uh, So that would be no. So I've got a five, uh, which is pretty high, which explains a lot. Uh, So add up your score. And if you have even just a one, that's a problem that can be a part of how you feel as an adult. Uh, the brain develops all the way up until you're about 25, 26. Uh, but we're uh, particularly susceptible during those first 18 years of life. So the authors looked at those scores and they compared them with the risk of 21 different autoimmune diseases that resulted in hospitalization. So they looked at Graves' disease Hashimoto's disease, diabetes, irritable bowel syndrome, multiple sclerosis, Addison's disease, a whole host of autoimmune diseases. Now, interestingly enough, this was, they just looked at people who were hospitalized, but a lot of people have autoimmune diseases and they're not hospitalized. So what do these results show? So eight people had Hashimoto's disease. All of them were women. Uh, The study found that women were 50% more likely than men to be hospitalized with an autoimmune disease. In fact, they were 50% more likely to suffer from any autoimmune disease. And compared to the individuals with no ACEs, those with more than two ACEs were 80% more likely to be hospitalized uh, because of an autoimmune disease. And with every extra ACE added to their score, participants were 20% more at risk of suffering from an autoimmune disease. So interestingly, so the study also showed that there was a relationship between the ACE score and autoimmune disease hospitalization was stronger among younger adults. So those between the ages of 19 and 64 were twice as likely to be hospitalized as individuals over 65. So sort of a resiliency um, develops, you know, as we get older and over the age of 65. So if you can make it to 65, uh, your chances of, of staying well are good. So let's talk about what causes this type of relationship so there was some other research, and I, I linked to this in the, the article associated with this podcast. So this was a study, it was a pediatric and neuroscientist researchers from Harvard. And uh, so when children are overloaded with stress hormones, they have a lot of difficulties learning in school, trusting adults, developing healthy relationships with peers. So these are the kids that we went to school with who had, you know, learning difficulties, uh, not trusting, you know, teachers, and then they couldn't really develop good relationships with their classmates. So they could be, you know, bullying or fighting a lot 
or uh, you know verbally or physically abusing other students that they go to school with. That's because they're under stress at home. And then they're punished for that in school, which make, creates even more stress. And I definitely uh, went through a lot of that as a kid because of what I was going through at home. And it just compounds the, the situation. So they found, you know, to relieve this anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, and these other emotions, kids will turn to like biochemical things, solutions like nicotine, alcohol, and drugs. Now, interestingly enough, I never turned to nicotine, alcohol, and drugs. I had some different outlets, which I'll, I'll talk about. But my sister, who was in the same environment, she did turn to nicotine, alcohol, and drugs very early. Uh, I believe around 13, she started. Now, my sister died of a drug overdose in 2000. She was 26, but she had already, she was starting to go downhill at, at 13. And I just kind of watched it happen. Now, kids will find other ways to escape their problems. And this is sort of what I did because I didn't get involved with, with drugs and alcohol and smoking. Uh, so they, they point out here, kids will engage in high-risk sports. Uh, so I played football and I was in a martial arts. Both of those are pretty high risk and, uh, bodybuilding, uh, sex with various partners, overachievement work or overeating. So it's definitely describes me, you know, overachieve, overachieving, overworking, workaholic. It's something I've had to work on as an adult not to work myself to death. And then the overeating has definitely been uh, a part of my life when I was younger, before I, I really worked through these aces. And when I was body, the thing about bodybuilding is that it allowed me to overeat. So it was an interesting outlet for me, um, something to focus on. You know, a lot of it was about health, but also it allowed me to, to overeat. So, you know, it's just interesting. My sister went one way um, and I went the other way. So maybe as a woman, you know, at the time or she didn't think that there were other outlets uh, that weren't weren't so bad. Um, but as a guy, I had these other outlets like football and martial arts and bodybuilding and things like that. So... So research from that time, it also showed that childhood abuse changes the brain and brain waves. So the brains of severely sexually abused women and maltreated children are actually smaller in certain areas. They shrink, and that can definitely affect memory and learning in other areas. So this uh, the relationship between stress and autoimmune disease, it's still being researched. Uh, larger studies are needed, though. But we do know that there is a connection between immune disorders, emotional disorders, and mental disorders. There's no doubt. And if you're a patient of mine, you know we talk a little bit about psychoneuroimmunology. So that's the brain, the nervous system, and the immune system. Because a lot of the patients I see have autoimmune disease. 
and the gut is 70% of the immune system. So that that's included in that psychoneuroimmunology picture. What we don't understand yet is why these connections occur. Uh, there is speculation. Uh, they've found that about 80% of autoimmune disease patients are women because females respond to stress differently than males. Part of that is because uh, there's more estrogen in the body. More estrogen uh, is a, a predisposing factor for autoimmune disease if there's too much. So women are, are definitely affected at a, a more significant level than men. And we see that in the, the big disparity in autoimmune disease in women versus men. So let's kind of summarize all this. So, so during the research that compared the autoimmune diseases and the ACE scores, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, only the patients who were hospitalized were actually studied. So this leads to the question, what about all those people in the study that didn't go to the hospital? And a lot, it's pretty rare that someone who has Hashimoto's disease is going to be hospitalized because of Hashimoto's. So there's a big number there that's left out of the study that I think is a lot higher. And a lot of people don't even know they have Hashimoto's. So from my experience, most patient visits to their doctor at a clinic, uh, they're not hospitalized because of Hashimoto's. So this was, it was recognized by the authors of the study, and they state, quote, autoimmune diseases were identified through hospitalizations and not outpatient data. Future studies may be strengthened through the use of clinical data because most autoimmune diseases are diagnosed through outpatient visits. So we have to think about, you know, how many people in the U.S. actually have Hashimoto's uh, the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists, they estimate approximately 13 million people. It's probably higher than that. So we have 300 million people in the U.S. and 13 million have Hashimoto's. It's huge. That's almost 5% of the population. Uh, an even higher percentage, they're undiagnosed. So it's a big part of it. Now, the study, another weakness, I mean, they did omit patients over the age of 65. However, the study is very useful because the findings that relate to the ACE scores appear to be very accurate. So the estimated prevalence of childhood exposures to adverse experiences that the study revealed were almost identical to those reported in surveys of the general population. So those synced very well. Now, they found uh, 16% of men and 25% of the women met the case definition for contact sexual abuse. That's, that's a lot. So one out of every four women in the study was, was sexually abused. Um, when it comes to physical abuse, 28% of the men in the study had experienced this abuse as boys. So this closely parallels about 31% of men who had lived through the same type of experience and were examined in uh, this one particular study out of Ontario, Canada. So to conclude, this study is a great start, uncovers a lot of very interesting connections between Hashimoto's and 
cumulative adverse childhood experiences. And as I mentioned earlier, we can also tie in a lot of other autoimmune diseases. And as they mentioned above, irritable bowel syndrome, so gut issues, depression, anxiety, insomnia, pain, uh, hormone imbalances, inflammation, uh, you, you name it. There can be so many connections there. So the next podcast I'm going to do is going to be how can you heal these ACEs? How can you approach them and confront them? And I'll talk about all the things that I did to to overcome these ACEs, still working on it so many years later. Uh, but you can break through most, if not all, of these and uh, rewire the brain, change it, change your, your brain and your nervous system and your immune system. It takes a lot of work. It's, um, it's not something that can be done overnight, but we'll get into to the details of what you can do. Uh, but for now, it's really important to, to think about this connection and think about your, your childhood. And you might even be really interested in that book, Childhood Disrupted, by Donna Jackson Nakazawa. Again, if your score was even just a one, uh, that that could be a big part of any health struggles you're having now. And then, of course, the higher your your A score, uh, the more likely those connections are the, are there with your childhood. So go to drhedberg.com, and I've got this article up with all the links. It's called Adverse Childhood Experiences in Hashimoto's Disease. And then look out for the next one on how to heal your ACEs. All right, well, I hope that's that's interesting. This is a really fascinating area to look into. I'm going to continue to follow it uh, because it's such a big part of, of almost every patient I see. Okay, well, take care, everyone, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.